The following program is a part of the Movie Morgue Network. faithful listeners to beauty the beast and the bees we've had some time off and we're back and ready to fill that laundry and or housekeeping time with our reviews of these three new films first up there's a serial killer loose in gotham city and only the batman can stop him then it's time once again for Sidney prescott's life to start sucking in the latest scream and finally it's roger corman time with the sublime attack of the crab monsters but before we get to all that please help me welcome back to the microphone my co-host and founder of the b movie bffs website kelly hogaboo hey tim how's it going uh it's going pretty good i you know not to let the cat out of the bag early but i i I really enjoyed uh everything (laughs) yeah you and you listed them in order of better better best like (laughs) scream than the batman then of course the pinnacle is the attack of the crab monsters? <laughs> I, I mean, you can't you can't beat the no. the crab monsters. But um, so, is there anything you've been watching uh, lately that's uh, you know relevant? Interesting? Well, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. It's funny because I was looking at my letterbox and I have you know several years of movies, and I was like looking at my tags because you know i'll have like action horror body horror I'll, and i was like okay how many <laughs> so i clicked on the, ro- the the romance tag and i had only watched two movies and one of them <laughs> one of them was a horror movie <laughs> so, so I, was like, I was like okay i'm gonna watch a straight up romance film so i rewatched the african queen which I'm, everyone's seen that film i think i don't know sure and um it's good you know i was like okay but um, <laughs> so I got one romance under my belt for 2022. Um, good film, uh, like still holds up. And I watched uh, Master, which is a Amazon horror, like a racial horror film starring uh, Regina Hall. And oh, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, it, it Amazon seems to make all these kind of little movies that are pretty good. Do you know what I mean? They're not and. Our cycle is so quick that they kind of come and go. You know, they're on, they're in your prime and then they're gone. 
Um, I gave it. So are they as good as uh, Stock by My Doctor? Or oh, that's a good question. No, they're 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 better, but not as fun. Let's just say. Cause, okay. Yeah, we got to do a whole Stock by My Doctor like. I am on, I'm on board for all four Stock yeah. by My Doctor films, like as a mega episode. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. You know I'm down for that because that that shit's good. But no ma- <laughs> Master was like, I think we're gonna see more of these. Like they're basically. Um, Kind of in the Jordan Peele, like, racial horror, like, because um, mm-hmm. they came out with like, one called Them, I think, that was, like, a series, um, mm. and I believe it's uh, racial horror. Anyway, so Master was good. It was kind of muddled, but it was good, and it's kind of a bummer. You know, it's not a happy ending. And the other thing I want to mention I watched that I'm really loving is From. Have you heard of From yet? I've heard of it, but it's it's like on Epics or something, yes. so I can't see it. <laughs> yes, I got the, I signed up for Epics to watch it, and I am really, really liking it. Um, it's not super fast moving. It's about this sort of Twilight Zone town where once you get into the town, you can't get out, and so there's this sort of weird collection of people that are trying to you know make a life there. And the complication is that at night, there are some kind of supernatural vampire-like creature that you have to stay inside and they will come to your window and try to, kind of Salem's Lot, they will try to get you to let them in. And so hmm. the, the, and, uh, the cast is, is okay, um, but the main lead is Harold Perrineau, I can't pronounce his last name, and he is just compelling, he's just great. And so we're, my, and it's actually a, a show my husband is watching with me, which you know, oh my yeah, God. right? Um, so, <laughs> so we got to like episode five or six or whatever, and there's about to be—you can tell there's about to be this bloodbath scene. And Ralph's like, "I don't want to watch this." So we we've paused, and I'm like, "Okay, we're probably gonna have to watch it in the in like Sunday at noon or something," because he doesn't want to watch. You know, he doesn't want to watch a house full of people get torn to pieces at like eleven oh. eleven p.m. before he goes to bed. You know, which is. <laughs> That's fair. So <laughs> it sounds almost like um, a cross between uh, the village and uh, what was that Stephen King? Uh, what was that under the dome or whatever? I, it sounds kind of like that. You know, like you, you're trapped in this town and there's these supposed creatures that are, you know have you trapped in there and you can't leave and yeah. Cause there's almost like a sci-fi pan supernatural element. And I was describing it to my oldest son and, and he goes, that sounds like midnight mass. And weren't you really annoyed? And I was like, yes. Did you <laughs> like, I wrote a whole piece a year ago about midnight mass because it, the premise was so cool. You know, it's this, it's this isolated community. And then, you know, they don't say the word vampire, but it's like, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying from, but it's one of those that if the ending sucks, I'm going to be totally pissed. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? So far, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of one of those, like, I, I know I know a lot of people loved it, but that's how I felt about Lost. It was, I watched the pilot and I'm like, I swear to God, if it turns out that they're like in, in, in uh, purgatory or whatever, hovering between life and death in the, in the last episode, I'm going to just yeah. throw my TV out the window. And wow, that's exactly what it was Ugh. for seven seasons with shit with a polar bear and, you know, black smoke and all that, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was fairly early into Lost and I was thinking it was so brilliant and I was probably like early second season and I thought, 
they're not going to wrap this up. They're, this is just all a bunch of bullshit that they're just never going to tidy up. And I'm, yeah, I stopped yeah. watching because that's, for me, that's too frustrating. Like, I don't, that's what, uh, yeah. I don't need every loose end to be completely tied up. But I want there to have been an actual story arc and some relevance to the events, you know? Sure. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, I'm I'm a, a huge Twin Peaks fan, so, you know, far be it for me to yeah. demand coherence. Right. But, I, <laughs> I mean, it really did feel like it's like, okay, we've got a three-season plan. Oh, we're going to be on for four more on top of that? Oh, yeah. okay, so we got to invent some other stuff to keep it rolling, you know? It's like, oh, God. <laughs> no, I can't. So, yeah, I'm a little nervous about this from because I'm wondering if that's going to happen. But so far, so good. I'm, I'm trying to think if you would like it. I think you would. It's a it's a little slow, but um, mm. I think you would like it. So if you if you ever decide to grab Epics for a free trial or something, you might want to check it out. Well, um, well I'll, I'll tell you, I, I've seen a whole bunch of stuff recently. Um, there's one that I, I hadn't seen any ads for. Uh, on TV or anywhere else, and I just I heard about it because it was directed by Ty West, uh, who did uh, like House of the Devil, which I loved, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called X, and I don't even know if it's in the theater anymore. I literally went to go see it the opening weekend, and I was again the only person in the theater, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it was really good. I mean, it's kind of what. Uh, it, it's that rural horror kind of thing, like like Texas Chainsaw, you know. Uh, but it seems like it's done with a lot more style and flair. And it, unlike Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I know everybody loves it and everything, but literally I cannot stand the final third of that movie because all it is is a woman tied to a chair screaming, screaming. lots of screaming. Um, and it just at a certain point I I just mute the TV because it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Uh, but what it is, is like it's set in the 70s and it's these um, <clears throat> young uh, group of young people and they're going they're going to there are the idea is to make an artful porn film. And they've supposedly rented this this uh, farmhouse from some old uh, farmer guy. And um, of course, the the old couple, there's something sinister about them. Uh, and they start, people start disappearing in mm. different, you know, gore, gruesome ways, whatever. And, uh, it was really good. It was really well done. It had really good performances in it. Um, uh, like, uh, Brittany Snow is one of, uh, uh, the lead actresses and, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it just shows, again, it's like, I don't know, 95 minutes or something. It's very short. And uh, it's it's artfully done, but at the same time, it doesn't hold back on what you're going there for, which is, you know, waiting for like a cleaver in the face or something. So <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was great. Um, I uh, as far as like TV stuff, uh, I think we've briefly discussed. I, I, I like that murder in Provence that came on on uh, BritBox. And uh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I, I noticed on Facebook you made some comment about like, like you were irritated. I was, I was. It was too. Um, I don't even know the word, but but I do like Roger Alam and Nancy Carroll. I do like them, and I can see. And it's it is very lush. It's a lush 
um, yeah. production. Yes. Although it, it did feel, <laughs> it's like, where is what? this supposed to take place? It's got that Maigret where it's like, it's in Paris yeah. or it's in Provence or, and everyone's British as fuck. That that's honestly that's something that I just don't get because like we've discussed before they did that with like with Wallander yeah the 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 Kenneth Branagh they don't even try uh, it's like okay we're set in you know Norway or something but nobody has a Norwegian accent so like with Murder in Provence it's all it's lush like you said it's beautifully shot uh, around Provence and uh, the the town of Axe and uh, it it's everybody's British. Mm There's not one French accent in there, and I'm like, did they just say just fuck it? And I, want, you know, I wonder no. if um, British actors and producers know that if they get the French accents wrong, that they're gonna get roasted. Do you know what I mean? Because like I bet oh, you know, uh, yeah. so they're just gonna stay away from it. But I'm like, come on, just go for it. You know, anyone can just fake a French accent. <laughs> I mean, kind of like. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of you, know, like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, like we're at the halfway mark. You know, Kevin Costner just gives up mm-hmm. on the accent. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, screw it, I can't do and it. And of course, in uh, Men in Tights, <laughs> Carrie Elways looks directly at the camera and says, "Unlike other Robin Hoods, I can speak with a British accent." <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. I I think the British do well, as for, like the accents aside. Uh, you know, it kind of comes off almost like a British uh, thin man, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like the they're they're this middle aged couple. You know, they like to drink, you know, and they they throw wisecracks back and forth. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's the fact that I'm getting old and I like this kind of thing. I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's just sort of like I, it's so wry and sophisticated in a way that I find smarmy. So I, but I definitely. <laughs> I definitely can see why people like it. And the two leads are great. And their romance is really sweet. Um, yeah. That's portrayed in this really cool way. And um, yeah, I can't even remember what, if the, are the mysteries any good though? Or cause like, um, they're okay. Yeah. I, 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 the, the truth is other than, you know, like the, uh, the beautiful scenery and stuff. I, the reason that I really like it is, is I love their relationship. Right. And it, it's it's rare to see a middle-aged couple portrayed in a romantic fashion without it being, you know, kind of silly or, uh, you know, insulting. It, it, it comes off like this couple, they've been together for a long time, and they really enjoy each other's company. Yeah. You know, and that's instead of, you know, just, uh, I don't know how to... Like Catherine Heigl type movie stuff, you know. I, uh, you know, there's no lame meat cute. No, you know, it's, they've been together it, yeah. for a while already. You know, yeah. I do find their banter a little too polished um, back and forth. It's just um, a little polished. But but I, you know, as someone, I don't know, I'm 45, I'm middle aged now, and I'm in a long term relationship, and I did like that. I thought it was very sweet, and it is so rare, you know. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, and also because like you know, one of the things that we'd always joked about was like when these detective shows, it's like it's the dour middle-aged frumpy guy and the hot young sexy partner or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, they're both they're both the same age, yeah, yeah. which was kind of nice, yeah, you know. Um, so oh, anyway, but uh, the other thing I just started watching was uh, uh Moon Knight on oh, Disney yeah, yeah. Plus. And wow, 
I love it. I've only seen the first episode. I, I the, the other one just came out a couple days ago, but uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But um, it, as, a, as a big fan of that character since like about 1981 or something like that, I uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I was really kind of reluctant, like, uh, how are they going to make an all-white costume look good? Um, and I thought they got around that kind of pretty well by making, I mean, his costume looks like mummy wrappings uh-huh. uh, in a way. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool, even though we only really saw him at the end of the first episode, but, um, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see which direction that goes. Um, by the way, I have to do a tiny callback. Roger Alam is 21 years older than Nancy Carroll. Oh, he is? Yeah. So first, oh, wow. first of all, he definitely looks good, great for his age. Um, but yeah. we still have the much younger woman, and that's too bad. I want to see the detective well, show where the girlfriend is twenty years older than the dude. We're well, <laughs> yeah. Well, so how old is he? He's sixty-eight, and she's forty-seven. Oh my god! Yeah. I thought he was like fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I'm know? with you. Like I thought, because he does look pretty great for sixty-eight, and. Um, she looks like maybe she, I don't Yeah. Nope. But there are 21 different uh, years. Different. Wow. Wild. I, it it kind of reminds me of like the, uh, you know, the early seasons of Midsummer Murders were, you know, I, I always thought that, uh, um, I'm sorry. What is it? What was his uh, name? Uh, are you talking about John uh, Nettles or someone else? John Nettles. Yeah. I, you know, he looks great and he's been around forever. Yeah. Well, he's a hunk. Come on. John Nettles. Mm. I'm, I'm on like a Facebook. I'm in a Facebook group. Seriously, I'm in a Facebook book group that is all about thirsting after John Nettles for reals. Wow. Yeah. Now, now I have to check that out. Well, you know, he got. I think he got that. He got the kind of like hunky Robert Redfordish um, from the show he was on, Burgerack. I don't know if you've ever seen right. it, but it's. I've never seen it because I. It's just I've never. It's hard to get a hold of it anywhere. You know what? I yeah. actually have the box DVD set. I will have to send it to you because um, oh, wow. Ralph got it from me years ago. It's a. I think you would like it just knowing your taste in television. It's it's more yeah. sophisticated than your average kind of, whatever it is, eighties. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, um, Moon <laughs> Moon Knight. I. I'm my family is sort of off Marvel. They don't they don't trust anymore. So um, I don't I don't. <laughs> well, after the Eternals, I don't blame. I don't them, know. They the... just aren't into the Marvel scene. But I do like um, Oscar Isaac, and I did like yes, the he's great stylishness. Um, so I'm gonna try to get see if Ralph will watch it with me. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Oscar Isaac's great in it, and I was kind of like when he was announced as that you know playing the character, I was kind of like, huh. Well, uh, you know, kind of like much with Robert Pattinson as Batman, I, I kind of had yeah. to wait and play wait and see with it. Um, but uh, speaking of Batman, <laughs> night falls on Gotham City. An emergency call comes into the homicide division. A body has been found gruesomely murdered, but the killer left a clue, a riddle that only a master detective could solve. Faster than you can say, film noir, our hero descends upon the crime scene, taking in all the information. But the murders continue, each with its own cryptic riddle for the police to solve. The Riddler may be brilliant, but he never counted on dealing with the Batman. Get out of here! 
when that light hits the sky. It's not just a call. It's a warning. before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only gonna get worse for you. Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. Hear everything they say, ain't you? Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? So, Kelly, uh, I know you don't get out to the theater much, so this was a big big deal for you to get out and see uh, the Batman there. Uh, what would you think? Well, um, I was looking forward to it. Uh, <clears throat> I was dismayed that it was three fucking hours long. Um, yeah, that was that too was, much. Like, uh, it was too much. There was a point when I was like looking at the – I looked and saw it was like two, hour, two hours 58 or, or something. I was like, oh, my God. But we loved it. We loved it. And we went to the theater because my oldest son has a total like unquenchable thirst for Robert Pattinson. Like, like just loves him. Uh, but I loved it. I loved it a lot. It, it was too long, but I really liked that fil- this film. Yeah, I, you know – I'm I'm not sure why they felt it needed to be that long. Uh, it did kind of have that, um, uh, like, uh, Return of the King kind of thing at the end where you think it's over and then it's, it keeps going yeah. um, <laughs> a couple of times. But the difference was that it had two previous movies to kind of earn that. Um, you know, like, okay, we well, yeah, really got to give these guys, you know, an ending where they all say goodbye and they're each one's happy and they do their thing and, um, but as far as this movie goes, though, you know, I, I have to admit, 100%, I was one of those people that when I heard Pattinson was going to be Batman, I was like, oh, my God, really? You know, why? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we watched The Lighthouse, and I, my opinion much improved on uh, what he could and couldn't do. And I... I loved this film. I loved it. It was such a great uh, <clears throat> uh, 
study of, of the character. And matter of fact, that one, you know one of the best things about this over any other Batman film? It's mostly Batman. It's not lots of scenes of Bruce Wayne being a rich dilettante yeah right whatever you know and and tons of scenes of just the bad guy no it's like batman's like 80 percent of the movie it's great it's like that's what i'm paying for i want to see him out there you know batting it up right yeah Yeah, okay so i i feel like i'm gonna like this film even more when i see it again because yeah oftentimes like i say i don't know what their what the direction is going and i kind of don't know the vibe almost and now that i know because it starts out and he's he's that he has that bat and i know you like batfleck i loathe batfleck but he (laughs) he's still got that brooding like physically violent and so i was like okay he's just this kind of guy but he wasn't that kind of guy. He was a very different type of Batman. Like, like this is the first Batman where he actually apologized to someone while he was Batman. Like, I've never yeah. seen Batman say he was sorry. <laughs> like, a fucking apologizes to uh, Catwoman. He, there's a scene where he's scared. Like, he's about to jump off the... I love that scene when he jumps, he's being chased and he's about to jump off the big building. And you see him... He's, like, quite frightened to, like, zip up and jump off the building... You see him yeah. crash and eat shit, and then he's rolling around, just going ah, like in pain. Like he's kind of an awkward, quiet Batman. <laughs> like he just, he kind of will just kind of show up with the cops and quiet. He's not, like he was not a super machismo Batman, and I really like that they did something different. Yeah, I, I like the fact that I mean, if it, it, it felt very much Batman Year One, like he's learning what to do and what works and what doesn't work. And you can tell in that scene, it's like, okay, he's never used those, whatever the glider, uh, you know, Cape thing to help him, you know, kind of like fly down to the ground. And so that's why he's got this look like, Oh shit. You know, when he's going to jump off the roof, it's like, because everybody's got to have, no matter how like, you know, much of a superhero there, they got to have that first moment of like, Oh my God, this might not be good. Well, he's being chased too. So it's not like a controlled base jump. It's like, he's got to jump off the building right now. And and that was just so well done. And um, I mean, there's a lot to like in this film. I feel like we could talk about, I'm for so it's so long, but I, I just really liked his portrayal and I, I hope they stick with his, I mean, it was a more complex portrayal. Uh, I also really liked the Batmobile. Um, as you know, yeah. I try not to watch trailers, but of course I couldn't stay away. And the second they showed this Batmobile on screen, I was like, Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> like, I mean, it, I'm sure that it was, they actually built a couple versions of that car and it's pretty much, it's sort of like the Mad Max Fury Road vehicles. Like, yeah, yeah. those are pretty much the real, a real vehicle. Um, of course it was really souped up and all that, but damn, that was a sexy Batmobile. My favorite Batmobile so far, <laughs> for sure. Okay. So let me ask you, uh, how did you feel about Paul Dano? Um, not, first of all, he annoys me because he always plays this little freak. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I have to I have to watch it again because I wasn't that into the Riddler. I just wasn't. I didn't find him scary or interesting, but I do feel like most people did like it. So maybe I, that's on me and I just need to give another shot. <laughs> well, I, you know, I I loved him in this. I thought he was amazing. And it was really 
you know, I, I know there's been like a lot of things said about, uh, you know, the upcoming uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which comes out next month, uh, where they're saying it's like, oh, this is the Marvel's first horror film, right? Is what they're saying about it. And I really felt that way about this. Mm-hmm. I felt this was really, I mean, I know a lot of people have said it, but it, it really felt like, I guess, the closest I could come up with would be seven in the feel of the film, in the look. And it really felt like, wow, this this guy is nuts. And There's a lot of horror you know, in this, this one. I, I, the, yeah. There were a lot of horror values. I mean, even Batman has a horror element to him in this. Yeah. And, um, I agree that like this, this film had horror vibes and I did appreciate as you know, cause I like, cause my favorite genre. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I just, with the Riddler to this minute, I, I feel like the plot was a weak point of this film. And so, you know, I just wasn't, I just wasn't into it. Huh. All right. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it exceeded for me you know, uh, my expectations. Cause I, I, you know, like I said, the, the casting at first I was like, uh, and then the, I saw the first trailer and I was like, okay, okay. I, I'm feeling that this looks kind of cool. And then, uh, that last trailer they, they did where they showed like the major part of the trailer was showing, uh, the car chase with the, him and Colin Farrell, who, by the way, we gotta talk about the makeup on him. Oh Holy shit! But that the way uh, the way they do that car chase and he flips over, and then you just see the upside down image of Batman like coming through the flames, yeah. like and the music is just mm-hmm. so great. That scene made me yeah. When I saw that, I was like, okay, I have to see this. I have to see it opening day. Right. You know, I, oh, I if I had been able to see it on IMAX, I would have done it. Um. But yeah, eh, fantastic, great score. But um, yeah, I agree with what you're uh, you're saying about like, if, if we're gonna talk about we gotta talk about this makeup on Colin Farrell. It took me a while of watching. I, I kept looking at it and looking at it, and it was it was basically the eyes give him away, but everything else about that it's like wow, that looks like a completely different person. Uh, I was <laughs> like, I have a theory that Colin Farrell is just tired of being ridiculously handsome. And he's like, (laughs) because I watched him in that stupid, um, oh, what was it called? North Water. And anyway, he basically has um, ugly makeup on in that as well. Um, But like, I couldn't see Colin Farrell in this. I never could. I hear you on the eyes. Phoenix said the same thing. He said, oh, I could see him. And I was like, I could not. If you wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have known that was Colin Farrell under there, I would not have guessed it. And oh, no, we had no, gnarly close-ups of him, you know, emoting like his face. And I guess in an interview, he said that the makeup was liberating for him because huh. he, did, he could be this other person. And that makes sense because he has, you know, really strong features and he got to just have a different face. Um, he was, that was amazing, but it felt like, like a show off. I was like, why, why? <laughs> like, why didn't you just hire an old ugly dude? But okay. Um, <laughs> by the way, that car chase scene was so good. And I usually, yeah. t- I tune out on car chases. I start thinking about my grocery list and stuff like that, but, um, it was so gritty and the whole film, there's a lot of lens distortion. If you watch it again, there's always, there's like rain on the, like in the car chase scene, it was almost like there was rain on the lens. 
it was really messy and gritty. And there there yeah. was a, a lot of this um, lens distortion that didn't get in the way of the film at all. Like like there was that whole eyeball camera, so they had that green light and that green. Like if you watch the film again, you'll see there's hardly any just straightforward shots. There's always you're always looking through a rainy glass or like looking through some distorted field. And I I just think the style and the score they, it just couldn't be beat. Like the style was incredible. It was it was more like a fantasy because I hear you on seven, but seven was really really grim. And this film isn't quite as grim. It's dark but not gritty, right? Yeah, yeah. I I just everything about it I thought was they clearly wanted to make something that felt like Batman but also different. And I thought that they did a great job. I really, I really enjoyed it. And I liked that Batman was a detective. Like he would walk in yeah. and start picking shut it, shit up and talking about it. And I mean, there's no way that a vigilante would be allowed to operate with the police. So the film just had to address that right away in the beginning. And just they, they kind of put that like Gordon was basically championing this guy. And the rest of the cops are like, this is ridiculous, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 that was actually, that was the other thing that uh, I really felt for the first time that they brought out the fact that in the comics, he's known as the world's greatest detective. And you never really got that. As much as I loved Michael Keaton um, and, and liked Christian Bale and everything, you never got that he was a detective. It never felt like he was solving you know, uh, mysteries or, or deciphering things. It just felt like, Oh, he's showing up in the Batmobile and going to, you know, punch some people and, you know, which is fine, but it just didn't have, it didn't feel 100% like they were going for the, the, the whole dark Knight detective thing. And I thought they did a, uh, really great job of it i, um, I agree yeah it's as real because again it it is that you got to really suspend your disbelief but again the film did have like this fantasy element to it it wasn't entirely a realistic universe it was like off a little bit it was um i just i loved it i mean i i look forward to watching it again and, and sort of giving the riddler a second chance and all of that but but honestly like i i thought this was such a fun film i I'm a little annoyed that with Catwoman, once again, she's basically just Batman's girlfriend type of a situation. Like, I don't feel like they did a great job with Catwoman, but um, I I don't know. I like the last scene where they are riding their bikes and then they separate. That was, of course, augmented by the score. The score in this was wild. It was so good. Oh, yeah. Great. It, really well done. I... Uh, okay, so what would you give this uh, on, on our scale here? I don't know. For, for the type of film that we were going into, I'd give it a nine. I thought it was great. It's too long. That was my only real complaint. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'd give it a nine as well because I, and I, I really think the one thing holding it back from a 10 is that probably extra 20 minutes that yeah. I don't know we necessarily needed. <laughs> yeah, I think they could have um, they could have yeah. tightened it up. They could have tightened it up, but you know. But uh, yeah, it, it it's uh, th- there's a reason it's doing so well, and it's because it's just uh, it's it's phenomenal filmmaking. It's it's it, it, especially after crap like Justice League and, uh, uh, it's just just terrible. <laughs> I just think it's funny because you and I both like 
we love superhero films. We don't love the same films in the same, but like the truth is we're going to keep going back and watching them. And I, I think a lot of people are still going to drag themselves to these superhero films no matter what. So. Oh yeah. I, well, I, for me, I, I really felt that the first two films after uh Endgame, I, I were disappointments. I didn't really care much for black widow and I really wanted to like it. And Eternals was a three hour snore fest. Um, really friggin' boring, uninteresting characters, whatever, which I never even liked the Eternals comic book, so I knew that was a, a, a crutch going in. But the new Spider-Man, I thought, was phenomenal. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, you know, here's hoping that they're, they're back on track because, like, the new Doctor Strange looks really wonderful. So, uh, moving on... <clears throat> Poor Sydney Prescott. She just wants to lead a normal life, just like the rest of us. But like clockwork, a ghost-faced killer has different plans. As the bodies pile up, it's a race against time to uncover our murderer. It's the fifth go-around for our heroes, Sydney, Gale, and Dewey. Will they make it to part six? Either way, you just know they'll go out with a scream. so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is gonna keep coming for you. You ready? This? Never. Oh, stop. Wait, wait, wait. There are certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. So, Kelly. Well, so my best buddy, Phoenix, my 20-year-old, um, he likes... He's 20? He's 20, and guess what? Yesterday... Oh, my God! Nels turned 18 yesterday. I saw that, yeah. So oh I God. no longer am legally responsible for a child. Um, yeah, so so Phoenix likes the Scream series, and... Um, yeah, I do, too. 
Yeah, Phoenix has grown into uh, being a total horror auteur, and I don't like Scream very much. Um, I've watched, really? yeah, I've watched them all. I I absolutely agree that the first film is is very important, um, and it influenced a lot, and it was fun. Um, I did like this film um, for for several reasons. I I think you and I are going to have similar feelings about it because I think um, the biggest <laughs> disappointment was they didn't use the old cast enough um yeah they yeah. felt like more like cameos they, very much so and well well done and they had some really great little lines especially the two women uh courtney cox yeah. and um neve campbell but uh i didn't like what they did with dewey and i and obviously everyone listening knows it's a spoiler podcast i i didn't mind that they killed him but i didn't like with where they went with that with that character Oh, with that the, he became an alcoholic and, and they, lost his they job. They broke and... up off screen, right? He and Courtney. Right. Con- it's like, why not? I don't know. I just, um, I it, feel like, like they squandered it was depressing. Dewey. <laughs> it was depressing. They squandered, they squandered Dewey because it's not even like he died in an incredibly heroic way. He is kind of pedestrian the way they killed him off. And um, yeah. Well, I think that it, the thought of it was that, you know, he rescued them. And then he you know, he went back to finish the job and and yeah. didn't succeed, um, but I okay. There's one of the things uh, criticisms I always hear lobbed at the Scream series is that there really doesn't seem any uh, uh, that there's any dramatic weight because our heroes survive every movie, um, and so you know killing Dewey makes it feel like there was a little more at stakes stake, yeah, in it, yeah. and. But God, it bummed me out because I just I he was he's been one of my favorite characters ever since they killed Randy. So Randy was my favorite. And they killed, and they, they killed Randy in a similar way where it was very blink and you miss it almost. And there wasn't it was, you know, he just gets pulled into the van. And so, yeah, I don't know, there wasn't the respect. Um, it's like, you, you guys yeah, don't have that and, many living. Someone asked me yesterday that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, <laughs> When I saw the trailer, I knew he was dead meat. Uh, I don't know if you'd see because you say you don't watch trailers, but the in the trailer they make a real point of showing what I thought was really well shot. But the sequence of he of him walking down the hall, you know, the shell casings hitting the ground, putting in the new bullets, you know, cocking the gun and all that, and I was like, oh, he's dead, isn't he? Damn it! <laughs> I, I knew it, but it, but yeah, it did feel like um, Sydney and Gail. They really don't come in because he doesn't get killed until past the one hour mark, mm-hmm. uh, and then they come in when he's dead, right? And she's all she's freaking Gail's freaking out, and then you don't really see them for a long time because it's like oh they're they're driving, and they keep cutting away to shots of them driving. Mm-hmm. I think just to kind of intersperse it, like, look, they're in the movie, you know, and then they, you know, come in at the very end. Of course, uh, unfortunately, again, the trailer <laughs> ruins the fact that they're at Stu Mocker's house. Okay. From the original film, which is supposed to be a big reveal, but they ruined it in the trailer. <laughs> it's like some of these guys who put these trailers together. God damn it. You know? Yeah. I, I didn't see the, the trailer for this. Um, unfortunately, I did see that Dewey died like on on Instagram or something like so I, mm. I had one spoiler going into it um, ah. 
but like the 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 two uh, women don't have a plot they don't move the plot along and so the film is kind of putting its eggs in the basket of this new group of young people and i could tell something was going on between um you know the boyfriend and then the friend amber but i misread i thought what was going to happen there is they were going to hook up and like cheat on sam like so but Mm. at the end it's revealed, and that was what is it? Was that what was the Timmy Oliphant scream? Was that number two? Yes, it's the same plot. It's like, oh, we're making a meta movie, and it's like this is well, not that meta. Like this film was not. They kept saying this isn't something new. It wasn't. It really wasn't. <laughs> well, I mean, the the difference was is that Timothy Oliphant he wanted to get caught so he could go on trial. You know, and blame the movies. Right. That was his that his. Was the they, they, yeah. they don't want to get caught. They're trying to make it look like Sam did it because yeah. she's spoiler again. Uh, you know, she's the daughter of Billy Loomis that we didn't know about. Uh, and um, speaking of that, the Skeet Ulrich's uh, cameo. Uh huh. What did you think of the CGI on him? Uh. It was fine. It didn't look perfect, and that means in about five years it's going to look really bad because our <laughs> we're, because you know our eyes get used to better special effects, and so a bad right. special effect ages poorly. I will say I did think the ending did redeem the film a bit, which is the mm. uh, usually horror films the ending is kind of the worst. But yeah, I kind <laughs> of ruins it. yeah, I kind of liked the ending. I. To be honest, I liked the lower body count. I liked that several people survived their attacks. Um, I know a lot of people want a bigger body count every single um, movie, but that's not me because I get bored, you know? Um, so sure. I, I liked that, you know, both of the twins survived because you definitely thought he was a goner. <laughs> like, he got stabbed a lot. <laughs> but, um, well, he got stabbed a lot, not to mention on the inside of his thigh, oh, which is where, you know, geez, like that yeah. main artery is, for yeah. God's sake. Yeah. No, um, I thought he was dead. And, and they even, his sister, you thought maybe she got killed, but they, they survived. And um, and I did like the chemistry. And I did like that, um, I did like that Sa- Sam went full on uh, what was that was it final exam where the last shot is like she stabs the killer like 14 times you and yes I, you and i were counting one two yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so like <laughs> sam sam goes on a big stabbing rampage and i did like that like she just like snaps into her serial killer like genetics which is not a real thing but yeah right well that that was i actually that was you're, you're right that's one of the things i absolutely loved about that ending was how many times have we watched a you know a, a slasher film and the killer is down but no let's just like hit him lightly with a bat and then turn our back and walk away slowly yeah yeah <laughs> no 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 take the knife stab him in the face about 20 times yeah which to <laughs> until be he's fair, freaking dead <laughs> dewey and that group should have done the same thing when because they he shoots Ghostface and then they're like okay let's go get in the elevator no they should have said okay let's take off the mask let's call 911 let's stand here with my weapon trained on the I mean come on like come on yeah yeah I agree I agree but um okay so now this whole thing about okay we see Billy in reflections in mirrors Mm -hmm. and stuff because 
they give you the impression that she may have like a borderline personality or something uh and she has to take this medication for it and uh th- this is where for me where it gets a little weird you see billy and he's kind of urging her on and they make him almost like he's like a hero by the end of the movie yeah yeah because yeah, like yeah, after, right. he's, he, he, after she's killed like you know uh, uh richie at the end there's like a shot of her and she looks over and there's like a, a glass uh, like a mirror or yeah. a window and it's him it's billy and he kind of gives this look like good work yeah. you know kind of like kind of like winks and like thumbs up or something like um he was a vicious murderer yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i also i think that they're telegraphing that we're going to definitely have a scream six and, and Sam Carpenter could go either way. Like, is she going to be a good guy or a bad guy? That's what they're doing with that. Um, and I don't think I like films that telegraph that there's going to be a sequel. I just, I'm like, all right, you know, cause then it feels like, it feels like the legacy cast that their heart's not in it. They just show up cause there's going to be a scream six, you know, I don't know. Like that's kind of well, a bummer. Yeah. Well, this was the first one I really felt like, like Sydney was not the main character. Definitely. Yeah, because in in Scream Four, it's all about her coming back to Woodsboro to promote her book, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, you know, Gail and Dewey kind of come in, you know, uh, a little later, but they they still felt like the movie was mainly about them. Uh, this one is mostly about our new cast, and which is fine. Um, I I I liked uh, our the two new uh, girls. Uh, Sam and uh, Tara, I thought they were both good, uh, and and there was the other actors were really good. I love Jack Quaid from The Boys, and even though yes, he turns out to be one of the ghost face killers, I the whole time I kept going, I, I I really like him. I want him to be like a good guy or something, you know, yeah. like maybe he helps you know, rescue everybody at the end or something like, Oh, damn it. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't think he was going to be a killer. Like I wasn't, I was uncommittal, but I, I did wonder if he was going to get the old, um, Oh, who do they, Jerry O'Connell. Uh, that was oh, the yes. pretty, pretty Scream brutal two. aspect of scream two was, was what they did yeah. to Jerry, who was kind of a twat, but like he was well, a, that stupid song. Oh my gosh. I was, <laughs> but, but, but as it turns out, he was a perfectly sweet boy and they get yeah. shot in the chest. Like, so I kind of was wondering uh. if they were going to do that with the boyfriend. And um, I feel like the Sam Carpenter, they couldn't, they didn't, she wasn't great. And um, no, no disrespect to the actress at all. It just, I wasn't, I didn't really connect with her until she did the stabbing. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. got something. And, you know, the other friends were just not like the, um, oh, Amber was unpleasant. And so was the girlfriend with the pink hair uh, who gets shot in the head. So, oh, Liv. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I felt like this scream was just a little less vicious. Like they, you know, they killed the mother and a son, but the mother and son never see the other one getting killed, which is nice. Like, you know, cause that's, right. you know, how about that? Like, like brutal murder in broad daylight in front of your house. That was great. Uh, and nobody sees it. <laughs> oh, for a long time, her body's out there for like a chill hour and a half or something. Yeah, she's yeah. just laying there. Yeah. Kind of... But by the way, I have to say, when she's running up to the house and Ghostface just leaps out and nails her, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Damn it, Tim, this sucks because that is, I saw an image on Instagram of her on the ground with Ghostface. So when she was running up the stoop, unfortunately, that jump scare was. Um, oh, no. So yeah. it was ruined for you? That Yeah, because I was like, right at the moment she's running up the steps, I'm like, oh, I know what happens here. And so, I mean, I don't love jump scares, but I wouldn't. No, I don't either. You know, that was good. It's good to get a good one, you know, like that. In broad daylight, you love you love a killing in broad daylight. I mean, that's one reason I love Midsummer. Everything happens, almost everything happens broad daylight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, and, you know, I knew as soon as I heard Marley Shelton was coming back, I knew she was dead meat. It's like okay, she she somehow survived the the last one. Uh, she, they're gonna definitely kill her off, especially since she she became sheriff. You know, like Dewey gets fired, so now she's sheriff and everything. And um, okay, so let me ask you: <clears throat> Did you see the little the? I think it's pretty much everybody knows about it now. But did you see the uh, the little uh, Easter egg thing uh, about uh, Hayden Panettiere in the movie? Okay, so you know her character uh, Kirby got stabbed in the Scream Four, right? Uh, in the stomach and was just left to die outside. And now the original script, her character survives, and there was actually film. There was a scene of her being carried out on a stretcher, kind of like Dewey usually is. Okay, you know, and she's okay, or at least she's going to be okay, right? But then they, they uh, cut that scene so she's just dead. Well, in, in Scream 5, which I, I, I will continue to call this Scream 5 because that's what it is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when uh, Richie is looking at his tablet and watching different stuff about the, la- the latest Scream and how everybody hates it, or Stab, rather, there's a thing on the side, a side tab, and it says... Uh, Woodsboro murder survivor Kirby Reed, you know, uh, talks to us on, uh, uh, on the next segment or whatever. Okay. So she's still alive. Okay. But since the actress has actually retired from acting, that's about the most we're going to get. But. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, also, like, it's going to be a stretch to bring her in in a legacy sense because, like, They've dropped well, they'd her. have to kill her off like Marley Shelton, basically. Yeah, right. It would just be a cheap uh, bringing her in. And, and that's the thing yeah. is, like, I had a friend a couple days ago um, when I said I was watching this film for my podcast, and he said, um, oh, does it have the old cast in it? And I said, well, the old cast is pretty sparse because they keep killing everybody. And like, that's <laughs> a problem with this series is it's like if you want to bring the legacy characters forward, you've got to, like, not kill every single one of them off. Or you've got to add some new ones in as you go. And they kind yeah. of, I think they're trying to do that with Sam Carpenter, which is fine, you know. Um, yeah, and they have the cute little Easter eggs, like, you know, Carpenter for a last name. Or there's a Wes sure. character and all of that. But I, I feel like this film was, was one of, okay, here's my ranking. So the Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 5, Scream 4, Scream 3. That would be my Wow, that's amazing. That's exactly the same oh, way I'm, I put yeah, a rate of I believe two. you. Because that's the I, Phoenix agreed. I was like, "This is what it goes." Blah blah blah. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, oh, what was my other thing? Uh, oh, I also love the fact that they brought back uh, Randy's sister from Scream Three. Um. Yeah. Was she in Heather it? Heather I couldn't remember. I 
I recognize that actress, but she's been in a lot. Was she in Scream 3? I don't remember. She was in nice. Scream 3. She visited them at the, st- the movie studio okay. and gave them the videotape that Ra- uh, Randy had made in the, uh, to be shown to them in the event that he got murdered. So they'll probably bring her back and kill her off next movie. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the fact that she was kind of like the doting mom of the kids and she had like they had like the the randy memorial like uh <laughs> fireplace mm-hmm. with the big portrait of him and yeah. everything i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool uh so what would you give this one? Oh well again i'm not i don't love scream so i'm gonna give it a seven i mean it was pretty good for a scream film <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I, I gave it an eight. I'm a big Scream fan, and I thought it uh, it did a, a great job. I still, despite how uh, <laughs> everybody disagrees with me, I still think Scream Four is better. But um, Scream because Four I th- was I felt pretty sc- fun. Scream Four I was thought a Scream fun 4 film. Was, yeah, yeah, it was great. It had that wonderful, uh, bizarre meta opening. Yeah, yeah. Where, where it kept, you kept thinking the movie was starting, and it was actually another stab movie. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and I loved the cast in that one. Yeah, so, no, the um, cast and the cast and the cameos in Scream Four is incredible. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I I give it an eight. Uh, just uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was nice to have a a horror movie that wasn't uh, so grim. Um, you know, because I like I said, I saw that movie X, and I really liked it. But much like most modern horror films, it's it's so uh, it's so brutal. dark. It's brutal, yeah. And brutal, and it, it you know you don't really get much of a happy ending out of it. I mean, you sort of do, but it, it's just uh, so many horror films nowadays are unrelentingly dark and yeah. grim and 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 uh, nihilistic. And it's nice to kind of have oh, it's over. Well, for now, yeah. You know, you know what, maybe for next cycle because I believe I get to pick all three films, Tim. Uh, uh, yeah. We might, if we haven't done this one already, we might have to do I Know What You Did Last Summer because I feel mm. like it strikes the perfect balance of some nasty kills, but it's yes. not brutal. I mean... They're really, and they're really spread out. It's not a big out. body count. It's not a big body count. There's, um, there's a really just beautiful balance that that film has that I actually and like. another likable cast. Great, great cast. And um, great pacing. Um but I, but I'm with you on that. Like, I, I, I do like to watch the occasional just brutal, nasty horror. But sure. more than that, I like a film where some we have likable characters and some of them survive. I like to be honest. I and so a lot of horror is just doesn't quite nail it. And this yeah, one was better yeah. than most. It, like there were some likable people and they survived, right? Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I love stuff like The Fog, the original uh, The Mm -hmm. Fog, because a bunch of people survived in that. Yeah, that's a real low body count in that one, but... Yeah, and and, and also, it's not just a bunch of teens. It's like a lot of middle-aged actors and actresses in that. Yeah. And and so that that made it feel, for me at least, felt a little more real. And Tom Atkins, who's always been 45 years old. (laughs) I know. That's (laughs) That's the only age he's ever been. The only bummer is he doesn't have his usual sweet, sweet stash. I know, I know. But if he had had that but, stash, yeah. those ghosts would have stayed away. They're like, nah, man, we're not <laughs> fucking with that dude. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we'll be right back with our video pick, Attack of the Crab Monsters, right after this. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies, meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. 
I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others, too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fried But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information, too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies. Folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. It's refreshment time, folks. Time out for a delicious snack in our sparkling refreshment building. Every item a fresh, appetizing taste treat. We've a large assortment of freshly made sandwiches. How about a pizza? None better anywhere. Sizzling hamburgers grilled to your taste. Mouth-watering chili dillies. Dog days, hot dog days, that is, somehow have a way of turning out to be fun days. The pop and sizzle of the juicy meat seems to say, come and get me, I'm done to a turn. Yep, hungry or not, it's hard to resist the tantalizing aroma and taste appeal of a sizzling hot dog. The nice part of it is, there's one waiting for you right now at the refreshment stand. Hey, Mom. Yes, you. Why fuss and fret about dinner? Why not have it right here? Yes, this drive-in offers everyone in the family a real picnic treat for dinner. We've got delicious sandwiches with all the trimmings and your other dinner favorites, plus whatever you want to drink, hot or cold. Come early before the show starts, or eat while you're being entertained, or at intermission time. So why fuss? Give your family a tasty dinner at this drive-in. <laughs> And now, meet the star of our show. Symbol of a treat that quality made famous. America's most famous ice cream treat, Eskimo pie. Creamy, delicious ice cream made even more exciting with smooth, rich chocolate coating. And wearing the label of quality known the world over, 
Eskimo pie, the treat you know is tops because it carries its pledge of quality right on the back of the bag. Be sure you save the bags for valuable premiums. Get famous Eskimo pie at our refreshment stand now. It's America's anytime taste treat. Finest ice cream, finest chocolate. It's delicious. And now, on with the show. It's time once again for us to force the door open of the local video store ruins and blow the dust off of our latest pick. It's a beautiful sunny day, and the scientists and sailors who have arrived on a remote Pacific island are puzzled. A previous expedition has disappeared, leaving no evidence of where they went. Soon, mysterious voices begin luring members of the expedition to their deaths, as they all find themselves trapped on the island due to a tropical storm. Who or what is causing the shattering earthquakes? Where are the voices coming from? And why hasn't the professor built a radio out of coconuts yet? He better hurry, because if he doesn't, they may not survive the attack of the crab monsters. Pacific Island, the Navy lands a party of daring scientists to solve the mysterious disappearance of an entire atomic research team. Strange horror strikes first at the flame that brought them. And then, earth-shattering tremors begin tearing the island to shreds. Okay, Professor, how are the crabs blowing up the island? I am not sure, but imagine they are able to send out arcs of heat. They are packed with it. They can melt and fuse parts of the cabin explode the materials contained, and bring about the slime. There used to be ridges there for maybe two miles. Now there's less than half a city block. Soon we will have nowhere to run. Fathoms deep among the terrors of the mighty Pacific, daring skin divers brave undersea perils that stagger the imagination. Here are monsters with razor-sharp claws that hand grenades and dynamite cannot stop. Nor searing fire and flames. Nor tons of crushing rocks. As mankind faces its last desperate chance. <laughs> okay. Now, I have to admit, I had I had never seen this movie until you. Oh. <laughs> and you were like, oh, my God, I just watched the greatest movie of all time. Right. That's great, because, <laughs> Tim, you brought, you brought me the gift of Sleepaway Camp, and I brought you the gift yes. of the Attack of the Crab Monsters. <laughs> uh, I, I love this it just, like, unflinchingly dumb movie. Um, <laughs> it's, so, it's, it, it's so ridiculous. Uh, and overwrought and cheap and yet it's so much fun and the thing is with it is actually if you gave this thing like a, a, a like a decent budget right you might have a really really genuinely good film 
because there's some really interesting ideas in it. Um, I like the fact that the crabs, uh, when they eat you, they absorb your your uh, intelligence and your and they can lure people with the sound of your voice, right? And I think that's really cool. That's that's a really neat idea. Although it is kind of dumb that they just stand there, kind of looking around, like, well, "Where are you? Well, why are you yelling at me to go down to the beach right. for? You know, <laughs> it's like nothing about this sounds sinister." Oh, uh, so this film, as you know, I freaking love it. It was probably took yeah. about fourteen days and fourteen dollars to make this film. Um, yeah, and uh, to you know, it's kind of interesting because it's kind of a pre a proto um, killer shrews. Because The Killer Shrews yeah. is a slightly better, to be honest, is a slightly better film. It's got more horror in it. It's got a slightly better developed romance, stuff like that. They're really, yeah. uh, you got to watch them as a double feature. I fucking love The Killer Shrews so much. Um, <laughs> but like this Attack of the Crab Monsters, it's about an hour long, um, it yeah. is, which is nice. Um, <clears throat> I got introduced to this film from Larry Blameyer. Oh, because, yes. you know, I watched The Lost Skeleton of Cadavra, which if any of sure. our three listeners haven't seen it, you got to watch it because it's <laughs> such a beautiful homage to these like 50s um, sci-fi black and whites. And uh, Larry Blameyer, not only did he copy the credits from the uh, Attack of the Crab Monsters, the animation of the yeah. credits, which I love, um, but the two sailors in this um, crab monsters. Uh, Larry Blameyer developed, <clears throat> I think they're named Big Dan Freighter and Dutch the Swede Anacrombie. Because <laughs> yes. the two sailors are so funny in this film. So yeah, it, like this 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 film has some great lines. I mean, just like great lines. Like once they were men, now they are land crabs. That is literally <laughs> <laughs> that is literally a line that is uttered in this film. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, well, okay, you know, the, when, it takes you a while before you finally see the crab monsters, right? <clears throat> and, okay, yes, they're cheap. Yes, they're not convincing. However, they're kind of cool looking yeah. with their big old bug eyes on the top of the head. And, 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 like, they have these lids. And you can tell that the eyelids on them were, like, kind of rigged on little springs. So the eyelids kind of bounce up and down. You know, it, 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 they're so cheesy looking, but it just it I don't know. For some reason, it's just like, OK, if you've accepted everything else has come before, you accept the giant crab. And, and my favorite thing <laughs> is they built they built a, a paper mache crab. And it's yeah. pretty big and um, looks yeah. looks like shit. But, uh, and then they built <laughs> they built a claw. And so there's scenes the where claw, a claw yeah. comes in from the side. It's like just the claw, right? Because that's, yeah, that's the only yeah. thing. You can't show more than that. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. <clears throat> and, like, I don't know if you know I did an embroidery sampler from this film. That's how much I like oh it. God. Yeah. Like, I literally <laughs> embroidered, like, a poster. Because, of course, everyone's smoking in it, especially the professor. Oh, God, yeah. And um, they also have this interesting – was Creature from the Black Lagoon, was that 1954? Uh, uh, 53, because it was during the 3D. Okay. Uh, Crazy oh, no, 3D. Well, it says you know. it's 54 when I look it up. But the um, there's this weird romance where it's like the there's two egghead scientists, lady scientists and her boyfriend sure. scientists, and then this kind of rough and tumble guy comes between them because I've yeah. that kind of happened in Creature, right? 
It yes. and it happens in Killer Shrews, which happens a couple of years <laughs> after this film. But it's like um, the romance in this is so undeveloped, right? Because the oh yeah, there's only two scenes, right? Um, and I love the way who is the is it Pamela Duncan? I can't remember her name. Yes, yeah. she, she's Martha Hunter. Yeah, uh, Marty. Yeah, that's right. They they keep not letting her go into danger. They're always hurting her away, and like you stay here and cook in the kitchen, honey. But then there's yes. the scene where they go to plant the trap. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, you can go into those dangerous caves. <laughs> I was like, like, so they send her and Russell Johnson, and they have this yes. really awkward, fuck, awkward, awkward. The romance is no good in this, but. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I love, okay, like the interloper, our, our, our Randy interloper is Richard Garland. And they always have to have him with his shirt halfway unbuttoned with his neckerchief. And I think, as we've learned, neckerchief stands for hot. I guess. <laughs> I don't. <sighs> He's supposed to be, like, super, like, uber sexy with his neckerchief. He's just the, that uh, style of, of sex appeal that I'm not sure a single, like, heterosexual woman was involved in being consulted in any way. Because I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Um, he's not sexy despite his cleft chin, but, um, yeah. So, but I mean, if you had to pick, I guess Russell Johnson's better, but not, not much for choice there. Yeah. uh, Like you were saying with the claw thing, there's one scene where they're hearing, like, there's always like this weird clicking sound. They're like, what is that? It's like, yeah. You know, and, uh, and they walk in this, he's like, wait, hold, stay here. I'm going to go in there. And he walks in this room and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, yeah the music, you know, like you just see this giant claw go like wham against the wall. Then he like goes back inside. You're like, what? So the crab was in the room? Yeah, I don't know. Because oh. then it, how, how did it get in there? You got this clumsy. Because for of course the 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 female lead in these films always says don't go in there. And then he's like, yeah. it'll be fine. And he goes and then roar, the the claw comes in. And then later when they come back, they're like, they say that the that somehow it carefully picked through the radio and broke the tubes by slicing them cleanly in half. I'm like, you're not telling me that claw could pick through anything. Like it was like this huge clumsy claw. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's like the size of a couch. And it's like, it's supposed to have done this intricate work on the radio. (laughs) And I, I love the, um, the fact that like the, the crab has got like this, uh, clearly, got this huge ego like dr doom or mm-hmm. something you know it's always like ha, you will never defeat me and then soon the crabs will rule the world you know the best line <laughs> the best line of all time of all time in any film i i will say <laughs> but, um at the end when they're like the, they shoot the crab and he, he says so you have wounded me i must grow yes. a new claw well and good for I can do it in a day, but will you grow new lives when I've taken yours from you? Oh my yes! <laughs> That's my favorite line in the movie. Well and good. Fuck, it's so fucking Ah, <laughs> <laughs> but I could grow another one exactly. in a day. Although I also like the line earlier on the film when, when the sailors are still there and they're going into the caves. And they keep, the whole movie, they keep going, nothing over there but a few land crabs. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, like what? Whoever says land crabs, but secondly, one of the sailors says, "I don't know. Have you ever seen them finish off a wounded marine in about five minutes?" Like, <laughs> 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 like I'm like, I feel like I would have stopped. Did you just say 
that crabs can kill a wounded marine. <laughs> like, because, like, <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, this is one of those things. It's 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 Roger Corman unfettered. Uh, you know, I mean, at this time he was doing lots of stuff for AIP, and it was like, okay, we're gonna give you, you know, twenty thousand dollars, which is even then, I mean, that's nothing, right. you know, and you're gonna shoot this in five days and wrap it up, <laughs> and. and for, to, honestly, to be able to come up with anything even remotely entertaining is a small miracle with, with that kind of a, you know, it's not like he had like this powerhouse cast, right. you know, behind him or anything. I mean, the only names really that uh, are re- recognizable is Russell Johnson, obviously from, you know, Gilligan's Island and, and Mel Wells who's in a lot of a lot of Corman stuff. But, um, you know, the rest of the cast are just a bunch of who's that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but man, it, it somehow manages to be so much fun. I mean, thankfully it's only 62 minutes. If it had been in 90 minutes, it probably would have been in, like just an ordeal. Yeah, yeah, you're through. right. You're right. Cause, and they have the other cute plot conceit where the island is getting smaller, which is a great, right, a great they're destroying yeah, it's it. like the Fortnite model, right? Like you, you have to do something. You can't just hide out from these crabs, but um, yeah, they had to have a, some sort of a countdown. Yeah, you know. I I love this. I don't know if you know this, but I had a a ringtone from this film. Oh no! Yeah, where Marty says, "Jim, you don't know what's down there," and he says, "What could be other than earth, water, and a few land crabs?" <laughs> oh my gosh, this film is so much fun. It's fun every time I watch it. And again, I agree with you. If it was if it was an hour and a half, I wouldn't find it that fun. But it's like an hour, yeah. I wish they would mystery science theater this one because it's so good. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of wondering why they never did uh, because it really fits yeah. just perfect. Uh, just like with uh, you know, they never did the giant claw either, right? and that's hysterical. Oh my god! No. Um, I, I just got the uh, the box set. Uh, that's got giant claw in it and um, uh, the werewolf and uh, zombies of Moritau and uh, man, you watch that and you, you, you know, it's like the actors were, you know, they never saw the special effects. It's just, okay. Like react in terror, right? You're seeing something horrifying, you know? And then they went to the premiere and supposedly they like snuck out before the movie was over yeah. because they were so embarrassed by how friggin' stupid. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the giant flying turkey or whatever the hell it was supposed to be. I mean, my goodness. Just, just bad. It's a, it's a shame <laughs> that, um, as far as I know, Roger Corman is unhappy with... Um, Rift tracks and cinematic Titanic and mysteries like he really? yeah like he's not a fan and uh, I mean huh. they did I'm looking at the page the one two they did like 25 films of his from oh yeah uh, all over the place and uh, I mean these these films are great his films are great my favorite one well, who could pick a favorite we got we got to do X Men with the X Ray eyes I I feel like that's oh yes come. yes yeah. Ray Milan yeah oh you know I love Ray Milan oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, the thing is, is like, they, and I know it's all in fun. Like when you watch mystery science, they would always say, you know, say stuff about Corman, uh, you know, like being like a terrible director and this and that. It's like, well, yeah, but uh, like the Vincent Price Poe series is really good. Yeah, yeah. 
No, he clearly had quality yeah. stuff. He clearly had you know. some skills, and also like there's a skill yeah. to pulling off something like crab <clears throat> monsters. To be honest, because it yeah. it is um, a great premise. It it doesn't drag. It clips along. It's it's great. I mean, some of his stuff, his had really nasty, exploitative, just disgusting stuff too. But I mean, this old stinky sci-fi, I just love it. Love it. Yeah, that's that. That is true. It it, it is really fast paced. There's not much time that elapses before something happens. You know, they they pretty much. I guess I I was reading a. a, a I have this book on. Uh, uh, horror and sci-fi double features and <clears throat> they talk about it. it's like uh, Corman basically said you know w- when they're writing the script it's like I want an incident every uh, 10 minutes gotcha. I want something happening every 10 minutes so it's you know exciting e- even though we don't have much money we got to have some sort of thing and I, I think that that's borne out in what you see because it's it's a lot of fun it, it's silly it's dumb and you know it's it's just what you need when it's uh you know it's a rainy day and you're stuck inside and you're watching you know looking for something to watch and <laughs> what what would you give it there? Uh, well, I mean this is subjective because I'd pretty much give it a nine because like <laughs> I love it every time I watch it. Um, but anyone listening who likes good movies, um, keep keep this in mind. Neither Tim nor I are saying it's a good movie, right? A disclaimer, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're going to say, like, as far as, like, filmmaking, it's probably, like, a three. Right. Um, as far as entertainment value, it's probably a nine. Yeah. We should you we know, should have been writing our ratings yeah. down, because I'm pretty sure we gave Sleepaway Camp, like, a nine. And um, I think you gave Pieces a nine. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, we need people uh, to... I believe Pieces was a <laughs> was ten, ten. It was a ten. It was a 10.5. It was so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Because pie- Pieces is, is, is uh, you know... It, it may be the the pinnacle of filmmaking. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I only had to watch it once for you. <laughs> oh no, you'll 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 watch it more. Well, I, it's gonna grow on you like a weed. You'll be on your deathbed. You're like, come hold my hand and watch pieces with me. I'm like, motherfucker. Watch pieces. <laughs> Here comes the part where she doesn't see the chainsaw on the elevator. <laughs> 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 It's, it's like idling the entire time and she never knows. It's like, uh, all right, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Holy shit, I love that movie. Okay, <laughs> so I've got a surprise for you. We have some listener feedback. Is it from your mom again? Our- <laughs> it's not from my mom. It's, it's from uh, listener Stan Peel, who follows us uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, and he says, uh, your podcast is helping me keep my sanity on a cross-country road trip from L.A. to the Carolinas. If the episodes don't compete, uh, if the episodes don't complete the journey, I'll let you know how many miles they translate to. Long live Terry O'Quinn. Uh, and I think he had just listened to our uh, stepfather, stepfather episode. <laughs> yeah, so it was really nice to to hear from Stan. So thank you, Stan. Uh, that means a lot. That means a lot to hear some feedback. It does. It's great to know that someone besides my mom and uh, your children are listening. I don't even think my kids listen. <laughs> <laughs> your crappy I'll be, show, I'll be like Ralph. Like, do you want to hear my podcast? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> well, th- well, this is a great set. This was great. Three films, like all very fun and in different ways. And um, yeah, def- definitely the Batman would be the, the excellent. Like we we highly recommend. Yeah. And Crab Monsters we recommend if you're a genre fan. Yeah. Uh, well, that's our show for now. You can reach out to us like Stan did at uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram or Facebook or on our email at uh, moviemorgue1 at att.net. And you can check out our posts on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, you can also catch me on the uh, superlative Dan Budnick's podcast, Eventually Super Train, as we continue our dissection of uh, the Cole Shack, the Night Stalker series. And uh, coming up, I'll be discussing the Barbara Crampton thriller, We Are Still Here, with the hosts of The Hysteria Continues. And uh, do you have anything? You were, aren't you on that? Oh, gosh, uh, yeah. I was just uh, on Alien 4 uh, for um, effectively, no, no, it's Aliens in Character. I'm also going to be on The Thing in Character. These are Neo Zaz podcasts. And I was also just on Near Dark, or did Near Dark on Scream Queens, where horror gets gay. So I highly oh, recommend nice. that you listen to that because Patrick, the host, is amazing and has Patrick's a, hilarious. He is so funny, and he has an encyclopedic knowledge of some crap horror. So we had a good time with that <laughs> one. So and but um, we are still here. Such a great film. Like so, I look forward to hearing. I really look forward to hearing that podcast, Tim. Because. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to discussing it because uh, first of all, Hysteria Continues is one of my favorite podcasts. I I, I love listening to them, and uh, being able to uh, discuss one of my favorite movies of the last decade uh, with one of my favorite actresses is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we're finally back on a regular schedule here. So believe it or not, so please join us in two months' time for the next episode of Beauty, the Beast, and the Bees, and we'll see you soon. Who is
Miles, I feel so horny. 